Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, dear brothers and sisters. Welcome back to the Realist Podcast in the dunya. We are actually here together. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. We got the studio popping. We got this beautiful sign right here. If you can see it, you can see it. You know what it is. You know what it do. You know what it be. So we are here today and we want to talk about... We want to talk about boys. The difference between being a good man and being good at being a man. Yeah, what does me, that even mean, bro? Yeah, let me define that. We spoke about it a little bit, right? We spoke about it maybe a few hours ago. Yeah. It's been a lot of difference. It's kind of like the difference between a nice guy and a good guy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to confuse the term. So a good guy is someone who, like, they look like they're a good guy, right? They, they act like a good guy. They're nice. They're, you I know, think that's a nice guy. That's a nice guy. Okay, but we're using the term good guy here, right? Sure, sure. So, I mean, usually the nice guy versus the good guy. A good guy is someone with good morality. He's a good man, so on and so forth. A nice guy is someone who's nice because he has to be nice, mm-hmm. right? It's also like being... Harmless. It's fake. Yeah, yeah it's, it's almost fake. like being harmless versus being peaceful, mm-hmm. right? There's something you used to talk about a lot. You could be harmless, meaning you can't cause harm at all, or you can be peaceful, meaning you can cause harm. You mm-hmm. choose not to. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a very key difference, but go into it, inshallah. Bro, I wanted to touch on one point that you said. Jordan Peterson talked about this in an episode, um, or like a, a lecture, because he used to be a prof, you know, before the woke mob got him kicked out of UFC. Um, may Allah make it easy for him. But basically, UFT? UFT. He was a prophet oh, UFT. I thought he said UFC. I'm like, damn. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no but basically, what he said was uh, a good man or a virtuous man is not just, you know, a nice guy who's not capable of violence. He said a good man is a man that's very capable of violence, but he chooses to turn that switch off and use it when necessary. Mm-hmm. Meaning that if someone's, let's say, never had money, you can't say that they're, or let's say they're always broke, right? You can't say that this person is really good at, you know, financially savvy. Mm. Because they never had the fitna of having the money. But if they have money and they choose to spend it wisely and in the in the with the Nia of keeping Allah in mind, then you could say they're financially savvy. Mm. So similarly, a good man, according to him, is not a, a, a weak man or a man that's soft. It's a very strong man, a very dangerous man, capable of literally, you know, violence and, and defending others, but uses it when necessary. So similarly, bro, I want you all to understand that there's a difference between a good man and one who's just good at being a man, right? A good man is just someone that wants to appear good, you know, always agreeable, always just going with the crowd, never likes to make decisions and and be a good leader. But one who's good at being a man knows that there's responsibility, there's accountability first and foremost by Allah, and also makes decisions based on what's right, not just what is likable, you know, and they're good leaders and so on and so forth, bro. Bro, when, when someone says, and you mentioned this before, right? A man who's good at being a man, who is the first man that comes to mind? Other than the Prophet, Of course. Ustad Jibril. Gabriel Al-Romani. Right? What about you? I don't know, man. I'm a little lost. <laughs> well, let me let me break it down for you in simple terms. So no, I know what it is. I'm just... Let me still break I'm it down still thinking about the popcorn. That's true. <laughs> guys, they you are, guys, listen. They are listen. depriving me of my popcorn yes. and... and Depriving Rami of his ice of cap. my ice cap, yes. Listen, guys, we're going to give you an inside scoop only because this is the first episode. So we'll do this as Sadaqa Jariya. But basically what happened was you guys have no idea what went down <laughs> just to get this episode po- like popping. I'm, I'm not even making this up. Like We had probably four to five hours going just to get this recorded. We, we were supposed to start last week. Uh, Rami spilled his ice cap, you know, in the yep. process. Twice. Anha was deprived of his popcorn, bro. Like, inshallah, if y'all don't smash this like button and share this with all of your friends, then we're quitting YouTube, bro, at this rate. Like, we need your support, bismillah. But essentially, when you think of a good man who's not good at being a man, 
think of like that Hollywood, uh, Netflix, Homer Simpson type father that's portrayed in the media, bro. The one that just is a yes man, you know? He's a good man because he's still nice and, and he puts the feelings of others upon above what is right. But one who's good at being a man might not be good as a man. He might be evil, but he gets the job done. He knows what he wants. He believes what he wants is always right. And he always takes the right path, never the easy path. Mm. So when you were talking about brother Gabriel Aromani, mashallah, um, he's a man that comes to mind because he's a good man, obviously, because he's not an evil man. He's a good man. He wants the best for his brothers and sisters. And, and you know, he's virtuous. But he's also good at being a man. Mashallah, Gabriel, if you're watching this, bro, mashallah, tabarakallah. But he's capable. He's strong. He takes care of his family, takes care of his kids. You know, he defends those that are oppressed. He always stands up for the truth, for haq, right? That's what someone who's good at being a man. MashaAllah, 100%. You marring the sign, eh? MashaAllah. MashaAllah, look at that sign, bro. MashaAllah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. SubhanAllah. You you mentioned something. I think I want to clarify a little bit. Mm. You said a person who's not a good man, but good at being a man, right? And you said that this person's always on the right path. Want to clarify you? What you mean is what they think is the right path. Mm-hmm. What they 100%, see is the right 100%. path. One hundred percent. What right. they see as truth, not the easy path. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think, obviously, you know, as Muslims, this is where Islam ties in, because you know, what is the right path? What is good? What is you know evil? What is you know? We watch a lot of Andrew Tate clips mm. and him yelling haram and how Islam is, is the last stronghold and all this stuff. He's not a Muslim. A lot of what he says, obviously, is confused a little bit about Islam mm. or maybe overemphasize certain <coughs> things more than it needs to be overemphasized. Um, but nonetheless, I'd say he falls into that category of uh, a man who's good at being a man, mm-hmm. 100%. Whether he's a good man or not, we can't confirm or deny that, right? Because it's only up to Allah to judge. But based on at least my personal standards, I would say a good man is a man who's on deen, mm-hmm. who puts you know the rights of Allah first mm-hmm. and looks after his brothers and sisters in Islam. That's yeah. a good man. Yeah. But unfortunately today in society, we have too many men that are good at being men, but they're not good men. You know, think of like villains, super villains in like movies. Yeah. They're, they're good at being men because they put what they think is right above anything else. They put their life on the line for that. You know what I mean? But there's also men that are good men, but they're not good at being men. These are men that they want to be agreeable. They want to just kind of be a yes man, put everyone's needs above their own, um, which is a good thing, by the way. Right. We should care about everyone else, yeah. but not when it comes to truth and falsehood. Yeah. life and death and standing up for those that are oppressed bro yeah. so what do you think is the solution bro for this epidemic Islam. today how so well because if you look at all the sahaba they were good men that were good at being men mm. for real of course i mean I, i'm sure i know that but a lot of people don't and and when you when you think of the deen a lot of people subhanallah they think islam is just about being a good man but let me rephrase that, right? I said Islam, but it should better be said um, practicing Islam. Because, mm. like, a lot of, actually, I don't even know if I'm, I should be saying this, but there are a lot of people out here who they say they're Muslim, but they don't really, you know, yeah. they're just Muslim by, by word, by mouth, yeah. Yeah. or by heart, there's something else. Kind of like what you were saying mm. before, how, like, well, we're going to be brought up on the Day of Judgment. You're going to be asked. Who is your Lord? Who is your prophet? Yeah. And what is your deen? Yeah. What is your, your religion? Your way of life? And it's not you. It's not It's not your logic. Mm. But it's the heart. Mm. The heart is going to reply. So 
imagine you have people who they say they're Muslim, they say they follow Islam, but in their heart is something different. Mm. You know, so now let's say you had someone who in their heart, um, they're a true Muslim. Mm -hmm. They're actually following Islam. Like, this makes you a good man and it makes you good at being a man. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ has set the perfect example. And not only him, but all the other Sahaba that are documented of, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah, 100%, man. 100%. SubhanAllah. And um, Islam is not just, you know, our standard or, or his standard or her standard. Islam is the standard, right? If you talk about one objective standard, what is true, right? How you should be, right? I mean, this digs into morality, obviously, is, is objective, subjective, blah, 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 all that stuff, but. If you believe there is a way people ought to behave in terms of morality, then it must be objective to you. And mm -hmm. if it is objective, you can only get that from God. There's basically no other way to get it. You can try, you can argue, you won't get anywhere. So you'll go through life basically trying this, trying that, thinking this, thinking that, never being able to prove what's right or wrong or whatever, just thinking about it, making these uh, analogies all the time. They make a lot of analogies for pro-life or pro-abortion and all this different stuff. Yani, it's, honestly, it's useless. I think it's useless. Just submit to God. Allah has sent you a way. Allah sent you the way of life. And on top of that, a prophet, والسلام, who lived it. So we can actually have the, the more practical, the wisdom behind it as well. As the Prophet mm. lived his, his life. Mm. And Allah says that in the Quran, he sent the Quran, the book, and the wisdom of the Prophet. والسلام. So it's very clearly laid out for us. So, you know, it's sad, as the brother mentioned, that we have people, right, who say they're Muslim, don't act like they're Muslim. SubhanAllah, there are a lot of people, and it's, it's more so, in my opinion, sad when I see men acting this way, who will literally put the crowd before Allah. They, we, we watched, what did we watch recently? The, um, True Story by Kevin mm, Hart, right? Mm. Bro, this whole thing started, why? Because not, not because he put something before God necessarily, but because he put peer pressure, what his friends thought, what his brother's trying to push him to. Over what he thinks is right. Exactly. Mm. Man. See, bro, when we when we talk about a lot of uh, you know the red pill community all that, yeah. these are men that they've they've understood you know female psychology they understood how how human nature works, and they deem what they think is success they're getting you know they're getting the money they're getting fame they're getting what they think will bring them happiness they're they're go getters in a way, so in a way they're good at being men but they're not good men because there's no morality there there's no Islam there like Brother Rami was saying so there's not much in terms of you know objective morality and virtuosity and all that type of stuff. You know, they, they can, yeah, bed 10 women and they can make 10 racks a month and they can do all this stuff, but they're not good men. And I don't want you guys to think, you know, we should go to the other extreme either, where it's like, you know, being a good man is everything. You know, you don't have to actually work hard and work on your physique and, and make money and, and make a provisioning and all that too. So, Anham, bro, I got a question for you first and foremost before we go on to Rami, but how do you find the balance between both? Because there's... I don't want to talk about, you know, which specific type of Muslim, you know, because we're not out here to divide sex and all that. But there, there are types of Muslims today that are out here saying all that matters is the spirituality. You know, the physical body doesn't matter. Dunya doesn't matter. You know, it's all about akhirah, akhirah, akhirah. But then you also have Muslims that are here like, you know, they don't pray necessarily, you know, but they're, they're go-getters. They're like, you know, I work out every day. I meditate every day. I want to be a good, I want to be good at being a man, per se. You asking me how I find the balance? How you approach life trying to strike that balance, bro, between the two? Anna's gonna let us know when he finds out. 
Jeez, I'm, yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. Mm, me I too. Mean, that's like um, that's like an everyday type thing. We're trying to figure it out. The um, striking the balance, my balance. And I was saying how like it's an everyday type thing. I'm still trying to figure it out. I think we're all trying to figure it out. You know, but I was saying, like you said, not to get too caught up in the dunya, but not to get too caught up in the akhirah, like finding the middle path. You know, like mm-hmm. the the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said there's a time and place for everything. Like when the Sahaba, they were reflecting on Jannah and Jahannam. And they were reflecting on it so much that it's like to them, it, it seemed like it was real. They could see it. And then when they went home, they were with their family. They were just laughing and it's as if they forgot everything. They felt like hypocrites. So they went to the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and they're like, like Ya Rasul, like, we feel like hypocrites. Like, what do we do? Hey, what do you say? There's a time and place for everything. So mm. I feel like that middle path is very important. And um, again, you need to have both. You need to have the constant practice of like, okay, well, what am I doing here? Mm. Like, what is my actual purpose? Am I fulfilling my purpose here as a Muslim? You know, like, am I doing things for the sake of Allah? Or am I doing things for my own sake? Mm. You know, and then um, you, you got to take care of the body that, that Allah has given you. You got to take care of the skills that you have and all that stuff, right? So it's like, if you don't take care of these both aspects, well, then one is going to suffer or multiple is going to suffer. And um, yeah, that's the best answer that Bro, I can give. But what bothers me so much is when I go to the masjid, and may Allah bless all these brothers that I'm about to talk about, but there's so many men that I see today. They have, you know, their hafid of the Quran, you know, they're showing up to the masjid for Fajr, mashallah, but they're like 400 pounds, bro, or they don't know how to fight. Or I see them, you know, going out with their wife and I literally see people pulling up on them and disrespecting them and they don't do anything. And at the end of the day, we can't have this false pious type of mentality that, oh, just being good means everything, you know, that's what Islam is about. No, Islam's not about that, bro. Mm-hmm. The youth will never enter Jannah, bro. And, and those that are weak and, and, and let people get oppressed and don't fight in, in the cause of Allah. What do you think is going to happen to them, but bro? Let me, let me stop there for a second. Because mm. for a while, I used to think the same thing. And used to I really used to see people that didn't want to learn how to, like, let's say, defend themselves. And mm. people are with, I used to see them as, like, useless. Right? No, I, like, I really had to think about this and take a step back and realize, look, like Allah has made us good at different things. Mm. Now, as long as they're making the effort or they have the the niya, the mm. intention, mm. I think that's all that matters. But I don't know, bro. I would have to say I disagree to some extent. I agree in principle, but I think as men we should strive the perfect balance. And and we're human, bro. We can't be perfect, but we should try to do both. You know, we look at the models that that Allah has given us, like the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Sahaba, Radhiallahu Anhu. And these are not, you know, models like superhero uh, from comics, you know, or, or willy-nilly, uh, you know, people we look at in the dunya today. No, these are the models that we have to follow as Muslims. And when you look at that, they were never one or the other, you know. You look at Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiallahu anhum. Like, when you look at him, bro, he, he, where did his name come from, bro? Was he son of Bakr? No. What did, what did Abu Bakr mean, bro? Bakr mean, I, I believe it meant strength. You know, like he was the son of strength. And someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but that's where he got that name from. A lot of these 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 Sahaba, bro, they were they were feared. Even look at Imam Ahmed, bro. I was speaking to a brother today where they were talking about, you know, there was a girl who was uh, possessed by a jinn, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, one of the students of Imam Ahmed, came to him 
said there's a girl possessed by jinn, what should we do? And Imam Ahmed gave uh, the student his sandal, his slipper, right? And basically said, you know, go use this on the jinn. So basically, uh, the, the student went to the girl who was possessed, started talking to the jinn, and basically said, you know, this is the slipper of uh, Imam Ahmed, rahimullah. I'm going to hit you with this. And bro, the jinn literally left. They didn't even think twice. The jinn literally said, I'm like, they're scared, bro. They just left. And uh, same thing happened again after Imam Ahmed, rahimullah, passed away. Um, the same same girl got possessed. You know, she did the same thing. I believe they did the same thing. They took the sandal, came back, right, and wanted to you know strike. And this time the jinn didn't go away, because he's like, "You fool! I don't I don't fear you, but I fear Imam Ahmed." And look at Omar ibn Khattab radhiyallahu anhu, bro. The way he walked, Shaitan took the other route. You told me this. So these were these were men that really did know how to be good men. At the end of the day. And yes, there are definitely some brothers with metabolic conditions that can't work out, and all this whataboutism. So we're not we're not making this one size fits all type of thing. But in general, I believe all of us should be doing something about trying to become good men, and also being good at being men. And I think balance is key, bro. Islam is the middle path. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ to kind of tie in what both of you were saying, well, I love sharing this hadith. It's so beautiful. It's it's like a formula for life, essentially, right? Um, <clears throat> and if someone were to ask me, you know, how should I live life? I would just quote the hadith process where he said, the strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer. Right? And strength isn't just physical. It could be mental. It could be psychological. Mm. It could be uh, financial. Right? It could be in wrestling and grappling and striking and many different things. Right? Strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer. But there is khair in everyone. There is good in mm. everyone. And it continues. People usually quote that and stop. Or they quote the, the last bit and the stop, but it's one whole hadith. So what does he say after that? <coughs> it kind of begs the question, okay, how do I get strong, right? I want to be strong. How do I get strong? The Prophet answers that. He says, hold on tightly to what benefits you and do not lose your heart. Don't, don't become hopeless, right? Anything mm. that gives you benefit. If someone offers you free classes to train, that gives you benefit, take it, right? Someone offers you $10,000 to start a business, bro, take it. It benefits you, take it. Hold on tightly to what benefits you. And do not lose your heart. Don't become hopeless. And then mm. that begs the question, what would make a person hopeless? And he answers that as well. SubhanAllah. He says, if anything comes to you in the form of, of a calamity, of something difficult. Well, that's beautiful. He says, don't say if. Don't say, man, if only I invested the 10000 here instead of there, then this would have happened. Instead, I would have tripled my money. Right? We see this mm. all the time, bro. Oh, my God. I invested in this stock, this crypto, this, blah, 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 And it went down. This one went up. SubhanAllah. I should have listened to Fulan, blah, 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 whatever. Right? He said, don't say if. He says, rather say, Qadr Allah. This is the destiny, the decree of Allah, and Allah does as He wills. He says, because if opens the door to shaitan. Mm. And that's exactly how we should live life. And another summary I would give is, honestly, just have Allah as your priority. Mm. Right? You, you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has certain roles, responsibilities, regulations for you as a man in life. Just look at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants, you know? Uh, you know, you live in, in perhaps an area in the West where maybe Islamophobia is rising. You know you have women you have to protect. You know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to be strong, courageous, and brave and able to protect your women. Okay? That's one thing you have to do. That's one responsibility. Allah says you have to provide for your family, have a source of income. You know that's on the table. You know, obviously you have to pray, you have to fast, you have to give, have to give zakat, and so on and so forth. You know these things. Just make Allah your priority. Don't make training MMA your priority. You're losing. You're a loser if you do mm. that. Make Allah your priority and then everything else will fall in line. By extension. Wallahi, I was going to say the exact same thing that you just yeah. said, bro. Mashallah. When you make Allah your priority... Look at the five pillars of Islam. Yeah. 
they're all to make you good men, but also make you good at being a man. And I want to give some praise, mashallah, to this brother Anho over here. And uh, just seeing all the progress he's made with MMA and martial arts the last couple of years. And it really goes to show me, bro, the stuff that's happening in India, bro. All the women that are, you know, getting their hijabs pulled off, getting assaulted in public, getting harassed. Bro, where are the men? Do they know how to fight? And it begs the question. We had Sheikh Uthman ibn Farooq on the podcast and he was saying, had the men been there, we still wouldn't have known if they would have stepped up or not. We wouldn't have known, bro. And 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 what's sad then? And Anho always says this: It's better to have something uh, and not need it than to need it and not have it, right? So it's better to know how to fight and to know how to be a dangerous man, capable of protecting those around him, even if you don't have to equip it every single day. You don't need to, bro. And this comes back where there's a base. There's a base that makes us good men, and it makes us good at being men, right? So you look at your environment, you look where you're at, you look at what needs your attention the most. Like, do you actually need to defend yourself? Do you need to defend the people you're with? Is that a main priority right now in the environment that you're in? Maybe you live in a dangerous area. Maybe this is something you need to know. Okay, hellas, that's one thing on the table that you need to put attention to. Um, hey, maybe you have a condition. Maybe you're physically not in the best shape possible. That's all right. There's ways around this, right? Like maybe you can't use your hands, but you can use something else, you know? And um, I'm trying to, I, I want to do the motion here, but I feel like it's so constricted. So like this, you know, holding something like that. Yeah, you get it, right? So there's, there's different ways around this, right? You, you want to learn how to defend yourself and the people you're with. There's multiple ways to go about doing this. I think that's going to get us deplatformed, bro. No, bro. It's I could have been holding up a paintball. Yeah, he's holding up a paintball uh, gun, YouTube community guidelines. Get your head out the gutter, bro. Yeah, so <laughs> Stuck basically, listen, what I'm trying to say is that, um, and I don't think we're in disagreement, neither of us. I think we're all in agreement. I think we all understand that there's a base, but then we all understand that um, there are specialties within that. So it's like if you have an army, not everyone in the army is going to be the same. Mm-hmm. They're not all going to be uh, front line. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some people that are rangers that are they're chilling. They're out. They're in the back, but they're sniping. You know, like they're they're watching the entire field, right? Then you have some people who are front line. Then you have some people who aren't, but they're like further back and they're like heavy utility or something like that, right? So like everyone has like a different thing. But they all guaranteed have the base. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. and, and this is the base that we should outline in today's podcast. This is w- something that we should leave these brothers and these sisters that are watching. These sisters, you know, if you want to tell your brothers or, or your family members. But um, let's outline that. What do y'all think is a base right now for a, a proper man to, Ooh, you know, to be a good man and to be good at being a man? Arami, bro. When you say base, are you looking for bare minimum something general or something? The thing that Muslim. every man should have a Quran. <laughs> no, no, no. But no. I think you're general. talking about characteristics no, or attributes. Yeah, but yeah, I'm talking course. about attributes here. Oh, I see. So I see. the whole the whole thing we're talking about is being a good man and being good at being a man, mm. encompassing the whole thing. Now we understand that encompassing the whole thing is gonna it's gonna derive from a base. Mm, I see. I see. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard because 
listing out attributes, you're going you're gonna miss a few, right? So that's why even again I would say just have the Quran because Aisha mm. radiallahu anha she said that the Prophet his character was the Quran. You find all over the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Speak the truth, even if it's against yourself, right? Mm. Um, there's many a hadith that the Prophet talks about setting up to oppression, at least hating things in your heart, yes. enjoying good. I would say very generally, enjoying good and forbid evil. But for that, you even need to know what those are to begin with. Mm. Go back to Islam. But many things. You could look at the Prophet He was very brave. He was very emotionally intelligent. He was very soft-hearted when he needed to be. And, and he was even harsh when he needed to be. But I think overall, having that emotional intelligence to be able to know what you need and when you need it, to know that you don't speak to a, a, a woman the way you speak to a man. You could yell at a man and he'll be motivated. You yell at a woman, she won't talk to you for a month. You know, so. <laughs> Here's the thing, bro. I got a question for you. Yeah. You said enjoying good and forbidding evil is something that we should do to find that balance. That's not something so easy to do nowadays, yeah. right? And if you're someone who's a pacifist, and, and I want to, you know, touch on this point a little bit. When I refer to being a good man, but you're not good at being a man, I'm generally talking about the people that are kind of acting like ostriches, you know? They put their head on the ground mm. and they act like the world's actually not coming to an end soon. We're not actually in a recession. It's actually, th- we don't have an Islamophobia problem. Everything seems good. Everything's actually safe. Because if I'm not looking at it directly, I, don't, I can just forget about it. And I'm living in my, in my matrix, in my fairy tale. These are the men I'm talking about, you know? To enjoin good and forbid evil takes a relative amount of discipline, disagreeableness, you know, tendency to go against the grain. Look at the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi bro. Look at the seed of his life. All, he flipped all of Saudi Arabia upside down, bro, at the time. Like, he went against every status quo possible. That's not being uh, a nice guy, per se. That's that's standing up for truth. And and while he was kind and he had other bin, that's very important, right? But he didn't put the needs of everyone else in society over the needs of Allah and, and, the, and the desires of Allah and the, uh, what Allah wants for us. You know, so I think it's very important to find that balance. And just like Anha was saying, what are the, the things that, you know, we should talk about the base, you know? Mm-hmm. I want to add to some of the points that Brother Rami added, mashallah. Um, number one, bravery. We look at the Quran, we look at Khalid bin Walid, rahimullah, or radiallahu anh. And he, he encompassed that. He was known as the sword of Allah, right? So bravery is definitely one. And we can talk about this in a little bit or another episode. Uh, number two, we need to have the ability to be fair and just. Right. What does this mean, bro? You know, can, can we can we truly love all of our wives the same? Can we truly be all fair and all just? You know, that's 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 not up to me. But can we strive for that? Of course. Right. So being fair, meaning we don't leave anyone oppressed. We treat all of our children equally. We treat all of our women folk equally in terms of wives. We don't take money from the orphans, bro. One of the major sins, you know, take taking money from those who are already broke or or impoverished and stuff like that. So you're just being fair, bro. Number three, you respect the vessel and body that Allah has given you. This is not our body, you know, so we should do what we can with it. We should work out. We should be healthy. We should eat good food, be clean. Number four, bro, khira. You want to talk about that a little bit? (laughs) Detective jealousy. Detective jealousy, but what else? What does this even mean? Because the the mob, they're going to hear us and they're going to think, oh my God, you guys are so controlling. You guys are overprotective. So how do you break this down? Well, I mean, I don't think I don't think I'm the right person to say this. Rami, why not, man? <laughs> you have Ghira. You have Ghira. Yeah. You have Ghira. What does it mean to be a Ghayub? Because I'm I'm still new. I'm still new, and I don't want to like give an altered message. All right, that's fair. I respect that, Mashallah. 
Ghira is is protectiveness over your women generally, right? You get married, you have mother, you have sisters, right? So on and so forth. It's protectiveness over them. It's that that feeling that men naturally get, and it is natural. It's Muslims normal. and non-Muslims. Yes, every single every man, male, even they'll have this deep down inside, at least at some point in their life, even if it's when they're young, where they'll see like you know, a man talking to their their mom or a stranger or their sister, and they'll be like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Why is he talking to my sister? And they walk over there, chest popped out. What's your name? You know, what's up? Is he bothering you? That protectiveness, that even if you don't go and do that, that you at least feel, that's ghira. And that is something you need to act upon in Islam. You need to have protectiveness over your wife. You need to encourage her to wear hijab and to be covered and so on and so forth. And to avoid what, honestly, unfortunately, most women are doing nowadays. And unfortunately, most men are allowing it to happen nowadays. Mm. Women going out, flaunting themselves, doing whatever they're doing nowadays, unfortunately. Men are allowing this. And women are going to be like, oh, it's not a man's choice. It's not a man's choice. But it's a man's choice to encourage or discourage it. And at the very least, we can follow the Quran with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He tells us exactly what to do. He says, advise them kindly. If they don't listen, leave the bed. And if they still don't listen after that point where you're taking your attention away from them, you're not even sleeping beside them in the same bed, then you can divorce. Or at least signal that you're going to divorce. Uh, bro, I thought Rami was gonna say if if it doesn't work at that point, yo, take out that miswak boy and just <laughs> lay the. Oh, oh, it can't be it's like not that. like that. It has it's to be light tap. No, 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 bro, that's too hard. Like, just like that. zoom in on this finger, bro. Just, just, like, just a little bit, bro. Yo, and 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 the the tafsir of of uh, one of the scholarly opinions. I can't say there's a majority. It's not up to me. I'm not a mashaykh, but. It's that it's to demonstrate your superiority and physicality, bro. It's not to actually cause physical harm. And it's forbidden, bro. The tafsir, the majority tafsir is that we can't even in, in, in hit anyone, you know, unjustly to, to cause permanent damage or anything like that, serious damage or anything. But it, why, why is there this step, bro? Because we understand that as, as men, we can't enforce under most circumstances, but we have to remind. Mm-hmm. We have to encourage, just like Brother Rami said. We have to enjoin good and forbid evil. And there's a way to do it, bro. And there's context and, and everything is a case-by-case basis, bro. Yeah. But simply put, bro, ghayra is this protective jealousy that everyone feels, that you feel deep down, and you want to express this, of course. But this satanic world that we live in wants to neuter this feeling that we have <sighs> and use shaming tactics such as, you know, barbaric, controlling misogynist oppressive listen i don't give uh, a crap about what these shaming tactics mean and how they want to use it long story short i care about what allah wants for me yeah. and from me and it's to be ghayub have khira um lots of references from the quran and sunnah that allah himself is jealous mm-hmm. of 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 his creation bro and that's why we have a specific standard that we must adhere to a specific dress code a specific way of life specific islamic traditions faraid all that right so long story short if you're a man and you don't have khira, what are you doing? Right? This is also one of the things. What's this number three, number four, bro? What are we on? I'll give him one more. Why not? You know, number four. This was number four. I don't remember. Actually. Number five. Last one. No no specific order. And just like Rami said, there's probably so many we missed, bro. That's why we have a whole podcast. We don't have one episode. Number five. One of the most important things is your salah. Your obligation to Allah. How are you going to be expected to be a good man? Like, we were literally talking about this, bro, subhanAllah, before the podcast, right? It was time for salah, right? We kind of like, forgot, you know, it was Maghrib time. But we didn't miss Maghrib or anything like that. But it was time to record. And I was like, bro, let's 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 all pray Maghrib, you know? And we decided we're going to pray Maghrib. 
just because of the risk that maybe we might finish the episode and we might have missed Maghrib. We might have still made Maghrib. I don't know. But what I do know is there's a chance we might have not been able to you know, pray Maghrib. We might have missed it. So let's pray Maghrib, finish it, you know, take our time with it, then record. Because at the end of the day, this is a, 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 a truth. This is a covenant we have with Allah. You know, we can't, we can't say one thing and then say something else. Next time on Dragon I Ball feel Z. Like, Romy, by the way, don't don't feel like we were not listening to what you were saying. It's just, bro, like you were saying it, and then uh, me and Fire, we were on the same page, and we just looked <laughs> at each other, and then Fire went like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, all right, getting serious here, getting serious. Bismillah. Bismillah. So yeah, so we have the Quran. And then we have all the things that Fayed had mentioned. Um, Don't even put those two things in the same line, bro. <laughs> that's why I said the Quran, and you have all left the things, and right, right. You have to think very simple here, right? What is most required of you where you are right now? Like maybe, maybe you are not married. Right? Maybe you are still um, living in your house, your parents, your family. Um, you don't really have any plans of getting married or anything like that. What's most required of you right now? What can you best do in this situation to not only be a good man, but be the best man that you can possibly be? Right? Like maybe what you could do is start learning how to make some money. So mm. You can get a job and you can start learning how to make even more money because if you only get a job and you're only content with just having a job, well, you're going to be stuck there. You're only going to be stuck okay. making that money, working for someone else. You got to learn how to make money in order to make money in this period mm. of self-explanation. So that's, that's a simple thing, right? Um, but again, you just look at your situation and you look at like what you need best. So yeah. like, let's say for the example purpose, you're about to get married. Inshallah, Inshallah. Inshallah. <laughs> right? You're about to get married. What is required of you? You need to be able to provide. You mm -hmm. need to be able to 100%. protect. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? You must be able to be willing to put your own life on the line and sacrifice your life so that your family survives. Mm -hmm. This is an obligation upon you. You must be working on your relationship with Allah, getting closer to Allah, because what good is getting married? Being able to provide for your girl, being able to defend your girl, but having no connection with Allah. Basically, what's the point of being good at being a man if you're not a good man? That's what it is. 100%. As uh, Al-Fudayl ibn Ayyad Allah said, that if I disobey Allah, I notice the effects of it in the behavior of my wife and in the camel that I ride or in my mount in some other narrations. Basically means that you get real-time consequences when you're disobeying Allah. What is disobedience to Allah, bro? What are some of the things that, that is disobedience to Allah that people don't even realize? Well, I'll give you one. Not waking up for Fajr. All right. That's fair. But what else? Well, there's, there's two ways to um, disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's not doing things he commands that you do. Mm. And there's doing things he commands not. Right. Or you not to do, basically. So Allah commands you to pray Fajr. You don't pray Fajr. Right? That's a sin. That's sinful because you're not doing something Allah commanded you to. 
Um, and the other one, obviously, Allah says, you know, don't drink alcohol, right? And then you drink alcohol. That is a sin as well, right? especially when you know 100% that it is sinful. You're disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, but luckily, you know, thankfully, alhamdulillah, Allah makes it very easy if we slip up to come back. Mm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran Tell my servants who have transgressed against themselves Do not despair in the mercy of Allah Indeed Allah forgives all sins And it is him Or indeed he is the most forgiving, most merciful It's very simple You mess up, you disobey Allah Actually, every single human being does You just have to ask for forgiveness And aim to do better And this kind of ties into the point I wanted to make which is that I think the most, one of the most important things is the ability and the willingness to get better and change. So, bro, Allah, so many people are so scared of change. They can't even move out of their, their neighborhood, bro, subhanAllah. Mm. You know, so it's, it's hard for them to look at themselves in the mirror and be like, you know what, I kind of suck. I need to be better, right? And listen, a lot of us do suck. Sometimes we suck at something. Sometimes we suck overall. But the, the most important thing to do is recognize that you suck and be better. The biggest problem you can have is not knowing that you have a problem because then no progress gets made. Say that one more time, bro. The biggest problem you can have is not knowing that you have a problem. Subhanallah. So recognize the faults, have the willingness to change, have the ability to change, which comes with practice and, and the right efforts and, and looking in the right places and learning the right way, which brings me back to the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet. Yes, mm. so. Guys, just a quick little random thing, guys. I want you guys to get your hands up. We're going to make some dua right now. Let's go, all of you. Ya Allah, please allow these four cameras that we have to still be recording. Amen. And once this episode is done and once we're done speaking, please, you know, have this episode recorded and not something that, you know, the cameras are dead or didn't even record. And inshallah, accept everything we're doing. Allahumma I mean, That's what it is. Because guys, we don't know. We don't know. We might, we're just talking. We're rambling. We might go there and it might even say storage full. I don't know. But if everything goes according to plan, inshallah, this would be episode one. I'm not saying we're wrapping up yet, but first of many, inshallah, for the foreseeable future, you guys are going to get episodes every single Friday. Um, they should be July 1st, inshallah, but should be every single Friday for the next couple of years, maybe even decades, bro. I don't know how long. You know, it's all written, color of Allah. Um, but I wanted to, uh, you know, close this on, on a beautiful point that before Islam to after Islam, how has your definition of just being a good man changed? We'll talk about being good at being a man after, but how has your perception of that changed? Yeah, I feel like when uh, Matt Walsh, that's his name, right? Yeah. When he was asking women, like, what is a woman? <laughs> I feel like you're asking me, like, what is a man? Mm. Low key. A biological male. <laughs> An adult. An adult male. They're gonna hate that, bro. They're gonna hate that. Yeah, but um before Islam, what I used to think was like a proper man was like number one, a dude who had money. Number two, a dude who was like diesel, like stack. You know, where you looked at him, you're like, oh, damn, like, yo, this, mashallah, like, this guy, well, I wasn't Muslim, so I wouldn't say mashallah, but um, stacked, diesel. And then the third one is that he could pretty much get, like, any girl that he wanted. 
isn't it crazy that all of these things now look like they just make you good at being a man? Yeah. Or at least among some of the things. It makes you good at being this idea of what a man is. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm not necessarily a good man. Yeah. And then now that I'm Muslim, actually, do you guys want to answer? No, no, no. Go in, bro. Go in. Yeah. So what, what is a good man now that you're Muslim? Now that I'm Muslim, man, a good man is uh, obviously a man who has proper niyyah. He has the proper intention always, right? He's always trying to do better. He's always trying to take care of the people that he's with and stuff like that. Um, but a man, like a proper man who's good at being a man and he has this this aspect of being a good man is the one who embodies these things, who doesn't just have the intention, but he also embodies it. You know what I'm saying? God, bro. I think you summed it up perfectly, bro. I think this whole episode, we tried to like, you know, ramble and come up with the perfect thing, but I think that's damn close, bro. Shut Say that up. one more time, bro. Not only do you, you know, want good or have the intention, but what do you do? You embody it. You embody it. You have to have it. And I think we did answer in the very beginning when mm-hmm. we were talking about the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, where it's like, not only did he, you know, Deliver. Want good, yeah. Not, not, not deliver, but not only did he, um, you know, relay the message to us, the Quran, but he embodied it. Yeah. Wow. So that was, by definition, not only a good man, but a man that was damn good at being a man, bro. Mm, Wallahi. Wallahi. Yeah, because, because being a good man might just mean, you know, you got the message, you understand. But how many people can practically apply it? How many people can put their skin in the game yeah. and, 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 you know, really put it into practice? That's what makes you good at being a man, yeah. right? So, subhanAllah, I think that's that's wonderful. But Rami, bro, I want to ask you now. Um, let's just say, you know, pre... There's no pre-Islam, but just earlier in, in the in the Jahil days, the days of ignorance versus now. What's yeah. changed in your perception of just being a good man? I mean, that's... That's the funny thing, man. I never had a perception of what a man is. I never had a definition. I never cared. It was never a big thing to me. You know? mm-hmm. I wouldn't even really differentiate between a man, someone who's a man, or a male who's a man, and a male who's not a man. Honestly, very, I had very, dif- very little differentiation between men and women in general, to be completely honest. I didn't see much of a difference. I, only, I honestly thought a good man is like what you see on TV. You know, like he, he gets like a, a woman flowers and he's always nice to her and he always agrees with her and he, the agreeable, soft, little, you know, that kind of man, mm. quote unquote. That's what I thought a man was. And you come to Islam, alhamdulillah, you find, subhanAllah, man, there's so much to being a man. You can't really summarize it, right? It's, it's not really something you can explain, right? It's something you have to observe, mm. right? It's something you have to experience. Right, and I don't, I don't think you can really experience what it's like to be a man until you have women in your life. Honestly, I feel like that's when your your manhood comes out a lot. Like your, your sister wants to go shopping, you know, give her some money to go shopping. You're now a bit of a provider. You know, your sister you wants to go out, but you know, you want Figure someone out. there to protect her. You go out with her. You go and protect her. Now you're physically protecting her as well. You know, um, someone needs guidance. Someone needs someone to kind of lead them. You take that role on. Now you're a leader as well, mashallah. And it, it comes honestly, I'd say from experience. But it's not until you can actually go out. And experience these things that you'll know what a man is. But mm. if you want a place to read about what a man was like or, you know, what a man is like and what the characteristics are 
of a man or a man in practical situations, just look at the process of them. There's a sheikh, I think, Mikael Smith, he has beautiful lectures on the emotional intelligence of the process of them. Mm. You can see how soft and kind and smart and wise he was with his wives and what he would say and what he wouldn't say and when he would speak and when he wouldn't say anything and just walk away. Mm. He, bro, he took a break from all of his wives from, I think, like a month or so. Completely, like, just abstaining from all of them. And he slept at a, a, a Sahabi's house, radiallahu anhu. Mm. You know? How many men today would take even five hours away from their wives? Man. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah, that's real, bro. Because we look at the Prophet and, and, and all of the Prophets and all of the Sahaba, radiallahu anhu, and they had the perfect, perfect, perfect balance of, of you know, embodying the middle path. Never in one extreme, never in another. We see a lot of, you know, uh, Buddhist monks today, you know, going into the mountains completely away from civilization, spirituality, you know, th- that's all they're about. But they lost their connection with the dunya, bro. But you look at too many people today in this material world, bro, breeding degeneracy, just deep into dunya, bro. They'll know how to make money. And mashallah, maybe they're making 30, 50K a month. When's the last time they went to the masjid? You know, maybe they're, they're, they're here, you know, sleeping with all these girls. But do they have a wife? You know, maybe they're out here uh, having so much fame, bro. Having like four or five million followers. But maybe they're making stupid tweets and just looking like a fool in public. Shout out to Kanye. But at the end of the day, how many people can say that they've lived a life where they're grateful and cognizant that Allah has shown them the blessings in being the middle path? And Islam is a middle nation. Do not be extreme in matters of faith. But also, don't be too caught up in the deception, the dajjal of the dunya. You know, so first and foremost, this is a reminder to myself, but in the last few months, definitely years, but last few months, especially after we started the podcast, I realized one thing that when you get too caught up in dunya, right? It's a very slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Most of us don't realize we're getting caught up in dunya. And when we get too caught up in dunya, it's very easy to forget the akhirah. Very easy to get too caught up in the in the days of commerce and trade and making money, and you forget that you miss Dohar and Asr, right? But when you get too caught up in 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 Akhira, which isn't a bad thing, but too caught up in that, there you you know you forget. You're like, remember the the, the hadith of uh, where the the three men came to the Prophet and they said that you know I'm gonna pray uh, all night long, or I'm gonna pray forever. I'm never gonna stop. The other one said I'm gonna continue fasting. You know, the other one said, I'm never going to sleep with my wife. Something like that, right? And, and the Prophet mentioned, you know, no, the, sleep with your wife when it's, when it's permissible. Pray, you know, what, what you're required to, but don't just pray 24-7, 365. And, and, and fast when it's necessary. Don't, don't you know, fast 24 like, there's a, there's, a ne- there's a necessary amount of spirituality and faraid and, and doing your sunnah and all that and your nawafil, but don't get carried away with this. This is not like do or die and, and all you have to spend your time with is this. You know, be, be, and don't take, you know, words out of my mouth. And, and I know people are going to be here like, oh, if I had said you, we don't have to pray. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying definitely have to pray. We, we definitely have to do everything that Allah wants us to do. But what else are you doing with your time in dunya? Mm-hmm. Go to the gym, eat clean, journal or spend time reflecting on the blessings Allah has given you. Do something with your life. Have some type of purpose. Have some type of either a career we don't all have to go to school but if you can go to school if you can't start a business if you work at a job you know eventually find a way to get financially free inshallah we'll talk about some business stuff coming up um but essentially like how can you get into a higher level of positioning in the dunya and simultaneously work on your own islam 
and use that positioning to inspire other people to Islam. I think this is kind of like the foolproof plan. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm sure you, you guys are on the same page. We're trying to do the same thing. Yeah. This, the Nia, and, and by the way, fame is, is a necessary evil, by the way. It's not something, you know, we want or anything like that. But with the positioning, with the influence, we want to keep our Nia straight and guide other people to Islam and continue to work on our own Islam, right? We're not going to use this fame and let it get to our heads or anything like that. Want to correct you, but with love, it's uh the the one who was saying that um he was gonna pray all night, all night, right? And then, I believe because the Prophet Sallallahu had to. Yeah, and then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said, um, "I pray a part of the night, and I sleep a part of the night." And then when he said to the guy that said he's never gonna be intimate with his wife he said that he is intimate with his wife mm. and then what was the other one that i'm uh i'm gonna fast oh yeah they, they wasn't gonna eat i'm never gonna eat i don't know oh yeah they said that sometimes he fasts and sometimes he doesn't fast like sometimes he breaks it sometimes he doesn't break mm-hmm. right or uh, he always breaks it but you know what i'm saying mashallah tabarakallah and and bro you know you correcting me or anything like that the way that you did it is something that a lot of gentlemen and maybe sisters too, but just Muslims today need to embody and understand. The way we give people advice and the way we take it, two very important things in Islam. Islam is the only religion where uh, a six-year-old can correct an imam. And the imam has to listen if it's valid, you know, um, based on obviously why he from the Prophet and, and the rulings and all that. But when we look at people correcting us, right, just touch on this a little bit before we end this. How should we give nasiha from what you've learned? Because being a reaver, bro, I want to say barakallah fikum, bro, but I also want to say my condolences because I know how some of the Muslims be acting today. And this is a problem. We need to talk about this. But how have you been given nasiha in ways that it didn't really benefit you? No names. No, of course I wouldn't put anyone on blast like that. Um... The nasiha that works is no 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 nasiha that doesn't work. What's going on? Doesn't work. Yeah, that doesn't work at oh. all. That you've had. The one where they're trying to tell me blatantly that I'm wrong, straight to my face. How so? Give me an example. Oh, bro, if I give you example, that's gonna be. Give me an example of. Uh, give me an example of a brother talking to another brother. It doesn't have to be you. Make up a scenario. But it's obviously gonna be attributed to me. Why? Because I'm giving a scenario, but why don't you give a scenario of a, of someone speaking to a sister? Let's say a sister wearing the hijab. Right? Give me an example. She has baby hair showing. Baby hairs. Yeah, she has baby hair showing. Hair. Hijab is a little. Oh, like okay, so if a guy comes. Kafir, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if a guy comes up to her and he's like, "Oh, you're a kafir. You're kufr." They're trying to say this stuff because she's not covering completely. Maybe she doesn't even know. Yeah, maybe she didn't, right? Maybe she didn't know. Or maybe, just maybe, she's in a specific part in her journey of coming to Allah and basically learning the deen more and more. Like This is something that we don't know. Allah knows best. So for us to say that she is basically a kuffar because she's not combing her hair entirely I think that would make us kuffar 
because we're making uh, you guys called it talk talk we're making talk talk right yeah making talk like like if we were a lot like if we know we know best when we don't know anything we're ignorant like we're cowardice yeah. <laughs> so it's like this guy you know maybe this guy had the best intention he had mm-hmm. good intention bad action but exactly and because he had bad action the good intention is canceled out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the bad action could potentially make the sister stray you know, she could uh be led astray and basically follow islam less and less to the point where she does become a kafir she does completely leave islam mm. so the better way to have approached it would be to you know see where she's coming from like see how her journey is going in islam right and then if you know you start asking her about the hijab like how's the hijab going for her and all this stuff and see where she's at with that mentally emotionally spiritual all this stuff then you can have an understanding now you have context and that's what's missing with a lot of people is the context we talked about this but now you have the context and when you have the context you see ah this is why mm. she's wearing it like this yeah you know or, or or maybe she was taught that all you gotta do is just cover up the head exactly not hair specifically exactly you know yeah. what i mean yeah and if, if you look at the um the hadith i think of umar the Khattab, where he said something along the lines of if you see alcohol dripping from the beard of your brother, assume someone spilled it on him. Facts. Right? You're supposed to, and there's another hadith that says you're supposed to make X amount of excuses for your brother or something like that. You're supposed to excuse your brother, right? And same thing, obviously, same thing with sisters. So if you see that, excuse her, right? Maybe she doesn't know it's not tight enough. Maybe she doesn't know that she's supposed to wear it like that. Allahu alam. And uh, one little tip, and this kind of falls into emotional intelligence that I find works honestly all the time, is start off with a compliment. Assalamualaikum sister, mashaAllah, you know, your hijab, may Allah reward you for your hijab. I can only imagine how difficult it would be. May Allah reward you. On this you know, hot summer day. Yeah, you know, there's there's one thing my sheikh taught me and I wanted to, you know, let you know about it because I, you know, I didn't know about it. Allah, when he says, when he talks about hijab and so on and so forth in the Quran, he uses this specific word, right? I actually forget the words, Allah. Um, talks about, um, there's jilbab and there is, what's the? Uh, the khimar. The khimar, thank you. Khimar, yes. Allah says khimar. Khimar, actually, if you look at the original Arab, like the dictionaries and, and that we use when we kind of look at how they use these words and so on and so forth, is something that is tight, wrapped around the head, covers everything, and the same piece of cloth drapes down and goes over the chest. You know, it's actually wearing a turban, doesn't count as a hijab. I didn't even know that. I just learned that. I wanted to share that with you because I see you're wearing the turban. I see you're wearing this, that, the other. And I thought it'd be helpful to you. You know, assalamualaikum warahmatullahi and you walk away. That's all you really mm, need. Done. How can she hate you with that, bro? How can she she look back at it and then be like, you know what? I'm never going to wear hijab if you came at it with that type of gentleness, humility, yeah, yeah. and love. Yeah, worst case scenario. Sorry, bro. One second. Worst case scenario, only thing that's going to come out of her if she doesn't, yeah, one of two things. Either her ignorance will show and she will accept it, right? And be like, you know what? I didn't know that. At least, at least she'll say, let me, let me look into it. Let me ask a teacher. Let me whatever. You know, so that's fair. Or her arrogance will come out. You know, no, 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 no. That's not what hijab is. No, I don't, I don't care, khimar, this, that, whatever. That's not what hijab is. Look at how people are wearing it nowadays. Hijab uh, is just, so I just need to cover my head. That's, that's all hijab is, you know, arrogance right there. Um, and I think in that case, you could see she's pushing herself away. And it wasn't really your fault. Allahu alam. This is where I, I really think it is very important for us to develop a common ground 
with the person and um, get to see where they're coming from, meet them where they're at. Like Hamza Zoysis has said, you meet the person where they're at. You don't meet them where you think they're at. Yeah. And um, it's very it's very strong because, I mean, when you do this, um, it basically it disarms their ego. You know, like, even the way that you're saying is proper, right? But if the person's really only going to, like, step down and accept it if they've already kind of been working on themselves and they've already been at that point where they're, they've been putting their ego down, yeah. right? Like, if you guys, bro, Fayed, come on, like, you, you know me. You know me before Islam. Like, if you would have came to me trying to say some of that, even though I was doing self-improvement, my ego was so through the roof that the moment you said something, bro, like, I was, like, on the offensive, and I was basically trying to shut down anything that was being said to me. But it's because you knew your worth, baby girl. <laughs> Listen, I don't know about that. But what I'm saying is that um, the ego, it's nothing all about would, Nothing, nothing would get through to you, bro, unless you were open to it. Yeah. And mashallah, now you, you're very open to it. And I see the change that Islam has brought through to you. And not just him, bro. All of us, and may Allah guide us all, but I mean, it, it, it shows how much you don't know anytime someone checks you or corrects you and you could take it as, as an attack or you could take it as you know a lesson and something to introspect and reflect on. Now, we already talked about how we should give nasiha and what types of nasiha doesn't work or don't work, right? But one thing I wanted to end on was when it comes to nasiha, period, right? If you want to remind other people guide them, give them some type of advice, right? A lot of people, and, and Rami touched on this many times, but I do want to end on this point one more time. A lot of people have this preconceived notion, this false notion that I'm not ready to give Nasiya, bro. I'm here doing X, Y, Z behind closed doors. I'm I'm sinning myself. You know, who am I to give Nasiha? I'm, I'm, I'm worried about myself. There's um this thing that I saw. We talked about this, but we were going to get your food last week. Where it's like, even if you are committing the sin yourself, and you see someone doing the same thing that you're doing, that's the sin. You should still give them nasiha because it's like the Prophet said, said, you follow a bad deed with a good deed. Mm. Right? So even though you're sinning, and you know like this person is doing the exact same thing that you're doing, like you can potentially, Allah knows best, but you can potentially um, erase that. Yeah, and Allah can erase all of your good deeds and replace them with, or bad deeds and then <laughs> replace them with good hey, deeds. You can do the same the one too. Yeah. That's facts. Rami, now I got a question for you. Yeah. What do you have to say about all these people that are only too concerned about giving other people nasiha and don't even look in the mirror and look at themselves? Oh man, that's they're a whole other breed, bro. That's that's something else. Subhanallah. People are focused on giving what they would call nasiha to other people and can't look at themselves, subhanAllah. Um, I wouldn't even call it really nasiha at that point. Uh, they can mask it as that, but honestly, it, I, think it's, uh, I think it's a facade. I think people have an arrogance issue, and I think people, I don't know what to call it, to be honest, but obviously people, people want some kind of control, some kind of mm. you know, telling people what to do, some kind of command over people, some kind of, honestly, self-righteousness. Uh, they want to see themselves as being above others and so on and so forth. And um, I would say these, these people are kind of tired of the same people that just kind of attack people mm. online. You know, people tell Anna all the time, oh, cover up your tattoos, you know, subhanAllah. 
No, I cover them up. Allah's already forgiven him, guys. Like, what are, you, like, what are you trying to do, bro? And we know about Riyah and showing off and, and how much of a sin it is, bro, for the sake of, you know. First person to enter Jahannam is who, bro? A qari, uh, a hadith of the Quran. Uh, someone who memorized the Quran will be the first person to enter Jahannam. Because the niyyah, the reason behind him doing it was just to kind of show off to the people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that, bro. We're not even memorizers of the Quran, bro. The first person to enter Jahannam is going to be someone who remembers the Quran just to show off to people. Not because they actually wanted to put it into practice, guide others, enjoying good for good and evil, but just show off, kind of show everyone, you know, I'm better, you're not. Yo, uh, cover your hair. Yo, cover your tattoos. Yo, do this. Yo, do that. And then they go home and, and do stuff for Allah. God knows only, yeah, you know? Yeah, and I want to touch on that point because you got to talk about earlier the whole like intention and action, all that stuff. <coughs> if you have good intention, right? Bad action, you're not rewarded. I don't think you're sin, you're you're sinful necessarily, Allahu Alam, but you're not given a reward. If you have um, a good action with a bad intention, you might actually be sinful. Just like you mentioned, you might actually be sinful if you have a bad intention and a, a good action. Because obviously, you know, fasting and praying and giving in charity and reciting Quran, these are beautiful actions. But when you do it, for the sake of what you mentioned, showing off to the people so that they can look at you like, oh, what an amazing person. You know? Mm. You know, I remember hearing a funny story once. Uh, on a, lot. It was, uh, a guy was praying in the masjid and uh, <laughs> he was in sujood for so long and two people were talking about him and one guy was like, um, he needs the guy's still praying. You know? mm -hmm. The guy's still praying, right? And when two guys are talking about him, they like, oh, mashallah, this guy's always praying, he's always in the masjid. He went in sujood for so long and the guy, while he's praying, he's like, yeah, you should see my fasting or something like that. You know? <laughs> SubhanAllah. <laughs> SubhanAllah, bro. But Allah, it's, it's, it's a very scary thing. Intentions are one of those things. Or if you don't have it right, it's the foundation, right? Mm. If you don't have it right, everything else is going to be completely messed up. I want to say mm. two more things, inshallah. If I can remember the first one, I'll start with the second one. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He actually, SubhanAllah, I forget the, the surah and the ayah, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually mentioned in the Quran. Basically, people who are trying to get the Prophet to pray in their masajid, in their houses of worship, places of worship. But it was created and founded upon something that was, I think, shirk or kufr, kufr something yeah. like that. But they really wanted to get the Prophet to pray here. Maybe, probably for bad reasons. Wallahu alam. Right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he made this honestly scary analogy. He basically said, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit because I don't remember exactly, but he's like, which is better? The, the place that was created, you know, the, the house of Allah was created for the sake of Allah, for the purpose of Allah. It was started for Allah or, and this is the comparison, or a house that was created on the edge of a crumbling building or a crumbling cliff, right? A building that was created on the edge of a crumbling cliff that fell over into hellfire. All, what was the difference, the intention in starting it? SubhanAllah. Mm. And the second thing, or the first thing I want to mention, I remember now, the hadith, I think it was Umar radiallahu anhu narrated it that says actions are by their intentions. Mm. Imam Bukhari started his Sahih Bukhari with this. Uh, and then this became kind of a practice for the um, other people who collected, you know, hadith compilation, so on and so forth, to put this first. The actions are by their intentions. Mm. Wallah is very scary, man. I want to touch on this actions are by its intentions. SubhanAllah, we all know this story about the, uh, I forgot which, which uh, scholar of our time but it was basically, there was this this guy who basically prayed, you know, on time, on point, at least, you know, all other variables aside, for about 70 years. 70 years. And then he, I believe, committed zina for about one week. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And uh, I believe he was 
in in terms of you know in on the scales, the one week of of doing zina superseded and exceeded the seventy years of ibadah. Superseded that. And if I was to ask you, brother Anha, before we give him away, uh, give the answer away, not give him away. What do you think? Why do you think that is? Why do you think one week of zina exceeded seven years of worship? Because it's showing clear disobedience to Allah. I thought that too. Or or how much of a major sin it is. No. Why? It's because for the seven years he wasn't even praying properly. He didn't know his religion. He didn't understand how to pray properly, bro. So subhanAllah, knowing your religion, good action and good intention all comes from seeking knowledge and, and being informed, you know. And then the other story can be given. And we should definitely wrap up. I think we've been going far too long. Yeah, so and we don't even know if it was recording, guys. So the fact yeah, if, I if kept you, looking over there to make sure, like, yo, is this is the mic's muted or yeah, what? It's still, it's still going. The audience yeah. going SubhanAllah. <laughs> but the yeah, last thing I want to say, it also goes back to the um the story of the I was adjusting my phone, bro. My bad. Yeah. yeah. The story of uh, Barcissa. <laughs> The story of the the guy who had um basically like he ended the lives of many people. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Then when he had gone to the um the pastor. The sheikh. No, the pastor, pastor? first. Oh, it was the pastor, okay. Pastor. And then he asked, he's like, Oh, I've I've done this, like, will God forgive me? And then the pastor was like, No, like God God's not gonna forgive you. So then he ended up like finishing him off, and then <laughs> <laughs> what do you, and, and you know, he finished not like that, <laughs> not like that, bro. Bro, that's what I was like. What are you a talking? Stuck for a law, boy. For Allah, bro. Listen, he ended up finishing him off. Not like <laughs> just say finishing him. Why do you have to say off? <laughs> finishing him. He ended up. Him. You're finished. You're finished. You're finished, word, bro. For the algorithm. You're finished. Wallahi, you're finished. Damn it, bro. Yeah, so Finish he, him. He's trying to. <laughs> he's trying to end him. Finish him off. And then he goes to a sheikh and he asks the sheikh the same question, and the sheikh says, "Yes, but you need to leave this area, this vicinity, right away." And so he starts. He starts going off. And <laughs> <laughs> stuck for a lot, bro. Mila, forgive us. Come bro. on. What is this? Listen, I'm trying to be serious with you. I'm trying to be serious, bro. You can't be serious and Yo, say finish him off. didn't have his ice cap, bro. We're going to get him an extra big ice cap. No, after, no, no. Bro. Unmute yourself. Unmute yourself right now. Yeah. He didn't unmute it, bro. He's still laughing. No, I'm unmuted. Oh, okay. I'm unmuted. Listen, this is why we should have gotten the popcorn before recording and the ice cap. But finishing the story. A lot of finishing today. Finishing the story. <laughs> um, the sheikh said he needs to get out of here. So he was basically... He was... He started leaving. Right? He started leaving. And he died before reaching the destination. Yes. You all right, Romy? I'm good. Alhamdulillah. 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 So he been when he died... The angels were recording everything, and uh, Allah basically made the distance between the uh, place he was going to and the place he was leaving 
uh, shorter. Can I jump in here? Yeah, see what actually yeah, happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's doing good though. Yeah, One year in, it's a beautiful story. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. I'll just say the the bit that you missed. You continue, inshallah. Intricacies. When he when he died, right? He was traveling. He died. Both the angels of mercy and the angels of punishment came. Both of them. Mm. And they're basically, I don't want to say arguing, because I don't know exactly, but they're discussing who's going yeah. to take him. The angels of mercy, the angels of wrath. Obviously, huge difference, right? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to measure the distance between where he is now, the place he was going to, right? And where he is now and the place he was coming from. If he's closer to the place he, he left, right, that he left from, then the angels of wrath would take him, right? He'd be punished, mm. essentially. If he was closer to the place he was going to, then the angels of mercy would take him. New life, new destination, fresh, yeah, clean start. start, you know? And then what yeah. happened? Allah shortened the distance. SubhanAllah. Yeah. He was closer to the destination. Yeah. yeah, so it shows that like good intention followed with the good action is changes everything. Yeah, 100%. And just one more note I want to I wanna add. They measured it once and he was closer to the place he left, which means he was going to be punished. And then Allah shortened the distance from the place he was at and the place he was going to. SubhanAllah. Just because of his intention of going and uh, you know seeking forgiveness and starting a new life. SubhanAllah. And SubhanAllah is crazy that what we were saying, that a, a proper man is a man who not only has the intention, but embodies mm -hmm. these intentions. And just think about this, this guy in this story. Right? He had the intention... And he was embodying that intention. Yeah. He was going, seeking refuge, seeking forgiveness, right? And like that's, I'm, I'm just saying, man. Like, Islam, like it, Islam, just shows us how to be proper men, how to be good men, and how to be good at being a man. And with that being said, I think we have concluded this episode. Yeah, you guys liked it? Please smash this like button, share with the Ikhwan, with the Shabab. And stay tuned for episodes coming up, inshallah. A lot of stuff we're going to be talking about preparing for nikah, you know, being a man of high value in the light of Quran and Sunnah. Advice for sisters as well, you know, getting married. Uh, why are you guys always talking about intimacy? Why this whole thing about intimacy? Rami, bro, say what we said in the intimacy episodes. What is the importance of Muslims learning about intimacy? Real quick. Man, uh, y'all like game, to be honest. You heard of you first? <laughs> Y'all like game. No, but seriously, I mean, if you listen, intimacy is everything in a relationship. People don't like to talk about it. It's honestly, it's everything. If if a couple, and this is actually what, what Brother Gabriel said, if a couple is, um, you know, married, alhamdulillah, you know, it's halal, and they have the same belief, the same aqidah, and their, their intimacy is on point, right? Everything else will be fine. And mm. you know what? They Quickly. They did, I think it was a study or one thing that's common amongst, um, you know, couples who are getting divorced or divorcing or going through therapy, going through a rough patch. None of them are intimate. None mm. of them are intimate. And well, some people, some therapists, they recommend that, you know, just be intimate again. Just start it up again. And honestly, in some cases, at least it fixes it. Fixes a mm. big, big, big portion of it. Just one of those things, you know, subhanAllah. It makes a man feel like a man <coughs> and the woman feel like a woman. Ain't that right, bro? It's, uh, it's the glue that holds relationships and marriages together, right? So with that being said, guys, if you made it this far, comment down below, hashtag man, just so we know who actually made it to the end. Hashtag mansplaining. 89% of people already tuned out within like the first two minutes. No, I'm just playing not two minutes, but that, that would be pretty bad analytics. Maybe 20 minutes or so. But for the, for the gang that made it this far, inshallah, comment down below, hashtag man. Uh, let us know what you guys think. 
or thought of this first episode, inshallah. Um, bi ta'ala, we are not going to be filming this again and this actually went through because we don't know. Wallahi, guys, we, we actually don't know. Perhaps we might look at the cameras and the, and the audio, it actually didn't record and then we're going to be back to square one. We might leave YouTube, who knows. But maybe Allah has willed it for it to work out, inshallah, for a reason. And we thank you all for your support, inshallah. This studio was all possible because of the works of you guys and the effort, good intention and action of you guys, you know. So may Allah bless you for that and give you even more reward than us. And aside from that, bro, Rami, what you got? And with that being said, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa kina adhaab nar Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bro, just imagine he did that and like sliced the shirt SM7B in half. I wouldn't be nah, surprised. Nah, I had spatial awareness. He has spatial awareness, guys. He's a he's a fighter. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, bro. Alright, y'all, let's get some popcorn. Alhamdulillah.